Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Wait for the cold open, David. David loves to tell great stories before you hit record in StreamYard. So it well, won't it's like podcast adjacent, but not exactly on the podcast. It's like an inside joke for those of us that get the text message, but everybody else is like, what are you referring to? Anyway, huh. I want to know why David's so cranky. Well, here's the funny thing is like either either you knew, I mean, I don't remember when I told you I was going to the dentist, but yeah, that's that's where I was like less than two hours before now. Oh, specifically, I sat in a dental chair for like said, three hours. Hey, Dave, you mentioned the name of three comic books featuring the hero from tonight's movie, but what are those comic books about? And you go, I don't got time for this. It's gonna be a rough day, and then I, my aunt is gonna be at the dentist. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, dude. <laughs> like, it's like the sandbox, and I just like flick sand on his shovel, and he's like, hey, dig over there. Honestly. If you had called, if like, yeah, if it was a telephone conversation, it might have been more dramatic because I also got like very little sleep because I was at a cast party till like 1 a.m., which is mm. like way past my bedtime these days. <laughs> so, and then I woke up at 6 30. Superstar so. David, he doesn't have time for us. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, so that's yeah. why Dave's cranky. He had to sit in a dentist chair on very little sleep. Oh, that's the worst. And get sunburned by the bright lights in the dentist chair. You know, it sucks because, like, okay, my dentist does give me the laughing gas for free, which is lovely. And they, and apparently I've built a tolerance. What a so perk. They pull it, put it full blast. You want some free nitrous with your fillings or root canal? Oh, it's nice. Heck yeah. Get the leg tingles. Hmm. Um, but no, and like, I, like, I could only hear like little phrases here and there, like decay. Uh, oh, we got to hurry this up. Uh, like stuff you don't want to hear when you're in a dental chair. Like, oh man. He's like, the, all the alarming that. stuff. <laughs> yeah. The last part, your insurance isn't going to cover that, so we're just going to whack your credit card an additional 500 What? <laughs> well, it sounds like you're laughing along, so you agree, correct? <laughs> your abhorrent <laughs> laughter suggests that you're in league with what we're saying. Laugh is consent. Ugh. Laugh is Whoa, that's like, I had to write that down. I don't remember that. That's a bumper sticker right there. There you go. Laughter is consent. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man. At the dentist. Oh, yeah. David at the dentist. Den- dentist Dave. Actually, that probably works in the comedy world, too. Like, if comedians are getting in trouble, like some Me Too trouble, they're like, but I thought laughter was consent. Hashtag <laughs> laughter is consent. Oh, T-shirt. My T-shirt or bumper sticker. Oh, man. Let's see. I'm talking Now I'm talking about myself in the third person. Why does John feel like Gil from The Simpsons? Do you guys know who Gil? Do you guys remember Gil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know this. Okay, so Gil is a he's a pathetic he's salesman from The Simpsons from like season five to twenty five. I don't know. I don't know how often Gil is featured, but frequently, fre- frequently featured in The Simpsons. So he's basically a guy that like is having to run a bad luck as a salesman, but like a, like his it never ends. 
So like, you know, like in the salesman world, in the salesman's game, like you could be up and so you're really excited and then like, the, so the highs are really high and the downs are really down, right? Yeah. Like, yes. so. I would and, know. Uh, yeah, and, and Jordan and me, we have day jobs where it's kind of like that. It's like, you could be having a great week that makes your whole month or you could have like a series of misfortunes that like, have your, your month is going to suck. But the reason I felt like Gil is like, I got roped into the back to school shopping. I have two kids. Yeah, they got to get stuff for back to school. Wasn't ready for it. I was like two weeks out from being ready for it. It happened anyway. And then they went on a trip. And so I'm thinking like, so now I have to go to the office more often and have more phone. Like how many more phone calls or emails do I have to make to try to make up for what got spent on back to school shopping and a trip that they just took like out of state. And I'm like a trip that went on the credit card. And I'm like, yeah, I, I texted, I texted Dave. I was like, Dave, like, I didn't say it was like an out-of-body experience, but I think I just said, I feel like Gil from The Simpsons. I think. Yeah. I said something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, uh... And, but, and that was like a, like, I knew exactly what character, exactly who you meant. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, but the character's like, yeah. I'm not suicidal, but the character is like the most pathetic salesman creature that, like, ever walked the face of the earth, you know? Well, so, it keeps getting darker as, like, the seasons went on, where, like... Yeah, they made it worse every time. But, like, uh... But it started off. You gotta with feed that machine. It's very. It's pretty much an American machine thing. It's a very American idea. Like, does your family love you because you're bringing home the bacon? Like, it's basically. It's basically. It questions the faith. Like, do they love you if you don't have any bacon, or or do they only love you because you you have the bacon? Listeners can decide. Uh-huh. We don't have to decide. <laughs> <laughs> they can decide on their own. So cold. sad. So many gills just strangle themselves with their ties, and this is the last episode they're ever going to hear because it's over. <laughs> they just, no, they just, they just fucking gave up. They threw it in, threw the towel. Um, gosh, I should have just made the gill joke and walked away. But see, like, I could just like keep the mic running and just like, <laughs> oh, and then Jordan has a new bow. I do. Oh. I do. I have a new man. And it's like a, it's a social media, it's like Instagram official, y'all. Yeah, like I guess happened. that's the only way to make anything official these days, isn't it? Maybe. But then yeah. anybody who, anybody out there who's like looking for her, you're going to have to get off the dating apps. She's done. She's off the market. Yeah, well, or- I was telling John that that was not by choice, that I realized after trying to get back onto Tinder that I was kicked off for good based mm. off of um, <laughs> violating community guidelines. I don't know what I did, but... Uh, I just think it was um, maybe a very upset young man who maybe have blocked me forever and ever. I'm a heartbreaker. What can I say? So that's the story. I don't know. It kind of makes you sound badass. Like, well, man, she's too, <laughs> she's too much for Tinder. She's got much clout. Yeah, she's got so much clout. Like, yeah, and so much charisma. They're like, oh, we got to get rid of this girl. It's just too hot. It's making phones explode. Oh, goodness. They're off the app. Yep, been kicked off Tinder for forever and ever. So, or they're like they found out you were building a sex room in your apartment because of that Netflix show, and they're like, "Ah, we can't." It was probably that. that. Can't have that on Tinder. It was probably that. How to build your only room a sex room? I think that's the TV show because I live in a studio. You know, just kidding. <laughs> or not? We don't really know. We haven't we haven't measured her apartment. <laughs> I gave me a really good idea. Like you could run your whole operation there. You could theoretically build a sex room. You could have Tinder dates, and you could start an OnlyFans channel, and you could operate your business right out of your apartment, unless there was like a a condo agreement, and they said, "Oh, you can't operate businesses out of your apartment." 
like, well, what do I take down? Do I take down the OnlyFans cameras or do I remove the sex room? Like, what are you really asking me here? You know, I think and- that's not the weirdest thing that's happening at my complex. So mm. just throwing that out there. I'm sure I'm the least of their problems. With- that's an interesting. My imagination is kind of running wild. Now I'm thinking, like, could you imagine living in a world where sex is like the normal thing, but everything else is a problem? That's France. Sorry, that's a different country. <laughs> Yeah. Moving on, home video headlines. <laughs> or what I should just call here's an interesting transition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The dead transition. Uh I don't know if I should call it headlines or celebrity death overload. And yeah. it's literally the death report. Um, frowny face, because uh, everybody's dead. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like uh I guess because all the eighties actors getting on in the years, I think like next year the eighties are almost like fifty years ago, which is that's crazy. No, 40. Yeah. 40, 40 years? 40 whatever. Years. It's a long time ago. Podcasters don't do <laughs> math. All right. Um, let's see. So uh, maybe it's just their time to move on. I don't know. We Roger Mosley from Magnum PI. He was also Coach Ricketts in Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That was a fun show. Oh, yeah. But he was TC in Magnum PI. He was like the main, like one of the main dudes you know sidekicks or whatever that helped the original magnum pi uh he passed away in a car accident which is crazy because it seems like celebrities are getting in car accidents left and right like last week we're talking about another one Mm -hmm. um olivia newton john she's singing in another dimension now the grease star has passed on you know what though what i think about her is like it's not so tragic because she's made so much music and her movie grease is like one of the most famous movies of all time she's immortal like, she, you know what I mean? Her work is going to be here forever. I didn't think that John Travolta was going to outlive her, though. I thought he would kick the bucket before <laughs> she did. I mean, so far, he's outlived her, his on-screen love affair, and he's outlived his wife, which blows my mind. Maybe it's that Scientology blood. Maybe there's something to that. <laughs> um, and Clue, um, I, I don't want to butcher his name. I know his son, but uh, try not to butcher the name. Clue Gulliger. It sounds like Gallagher, but it's spelled differently. But it's, yeah. Yeah. Gulliger? Yeah. Anyway, he played Bert from Return of the Living Dead. He played Billy the Kid in an old Western called The Tall Man. He was in The Last Picture Show. Again, another iconic movie. Um, He goes all the way back to like an old Western show called The Virginian. But I mean, I would say everybody our age probably knows him from Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. or, Or maybe, you know, the Feast movies, or at least the first one. But you were talking about 40 years. I mean, he had like a 45-year career or something like that. He lived into his 90s. But he's also gone. So that's like, you know, three big stars. They're out the door to another pasture. I don't know. This is is why, like, home video headlines are kind of like a blessing and a curse. It's like, oh, I want to talk about all the cool, exciting new movies and TV that are coming out. But if just for the basics of reporting stuff going on in the industry, it's like, oh, here's some famous people that have died. And then I look at my Instagram and go like, Every other picture for like the last four months has been a dead celebrity. I'm like my Instagram structure and and trend like it's gonna like you know how like um well Dave you're not on Instagram a lot but if you are on Instagram a lot it starts to show you the accounts that things you like based on what you're posting and what yeah. you're looking at. So I'm like oh so pretty soon I'm just gonna get inundated with all the hashtag RIPs for all the dead celebrities. You know what I mean? Like and my my Instagram is turning into a morgue. Um, now my reels though my reels are on fire reels maybe maybe we're just having like one of those dead celebrity years like do you remember 
I think it was like 2009 when like we just lost a shit ton of celebrities like in succession, like Michael Jackson, um, you know, what's it, from Charlie's Angels, um, Fair Fawcett. Like there was like something like a ton of celebrities died within a small span of time. So like I wonder if we're just hitting one of those peaks. <laughs> I don't explain. know. Do you ever think about life triggers, though? Do you ever think that you could have done something that is basically what sets you up for your own death? Like, it's a decision you make, and it's like just like a domino effect to, like, you know what it is? Like that extra one at last call, David. You know what I'm saying? That, that ninth beer <laughs> oh my from, goodness. like, a barbecue five years ago. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, like if only I didn't it. kill that spider versus setting it free, this would have solved everything. Yeah, it was a lucky spider. It was like, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a magic spider, and you're like, oh, I killed it instead of like asking it for three wishes. You know, that's what oh I my did. <laughs> um, I don't know. This the energy feels weird. See what I'm talking. See what happens. You talk about dead celebrities, <laughs> and it changes the whole atmosphere of the whole show. I was, was thinking thing about the like... magic spider, actually. <laughs> Yeah, do you ever you ever wonder that Jordan? You ever come across a certain animal and you're just like, hmm, maybe I yeah. shouldn't have killed that fish. If I don't do this, yeah, or if I do do this, it will it could alter my life forever. Yeah, like all the time. Mm. Steve, One of the my spider. constant worries in life of spiders, of just making the wrong decision and sending me down the bad path, or you know, the multiverse, which is so popular right now. Like maybe. Oh, yeah, there's a version of Dave that didn't get out of the dentist's office. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, so scary. <laughs> as long as they left the laughing gas on. Well, uh, oh, and Facebook is doing this new because, you know, the ancient aliens thing, right? So now I'm getting, like, all the UFO stories on Facebook. Like, yes. You know, so <laughs> I saw one today yeah. that was like, time travel is real, but only to parallel universes. I'm like, oh, fucking here we go. Now I'm going to get all the ancient alien documents and websites, everything on my Facebook. And now I'm talking to in a microphone. Google's listening on the computer. The phone's listening right next to the microphone. This is going to be great. Is that like, maybe that's like the next, um, maybe you can make a side podcast of just like uh, tearing, either tearing down or proven paranormal stories. I don't know. Ooh, mm. just reminded me of a new Netflix documentary that I did not watch yet, but I'm excited to put it on my list. What's called Sasquatch. Oh like, wait, is this about the guy that gets in like crosses paths with like a drug operation and I think something like that. Like it's they're investigating like yeah. three homicides that were like thought to have been made by Sasquatch. But, oh, like, what the, the cover up is they make it look like a wildlife death or something. Yeah, yeah, that, like yeah, Sasquatch yeah. had killed these people, but then they like But it was really like a mushroom stories. cartel or something that like people regular people had gone to the wrong place in the woods and found the drug operation or something like that. And then, so the cover up is, Oh, accidental death by Sasquatch or death by wildlife, a bear, or cougar or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't they already do a Hulu documentary? I swear. I saw one. It's like, a, it's, I think it's the same or it's it talking about the same, the same. Incident. Well, I don't know. Like Netflix seems to be like stealing other people's homework because they just gave their mm-hmm. own Woodstock 99 documentary when HBO max did one a year ago. Huh. Interesting. So, I don't know. Like I was just wondering, David, what's was- HBO max? Never heard of this. It's it's <laughs> we still have it for now. Enjoy uh, it. No, it's gonna be it's about to be like wiped off the face of the earth. Well, we already know well, we already knew that it was gonna merge with Discovery Plus. So I mean, as long as they keep some con at least the HBO content at the very least. They have to. I will riot. Just saying. Like, come on now. Don't do that. Actually, I mean some uh, I've read some um 
creators have come forward, like uh, James Gunn saying, like, no, Peacemaker is safe. <laughs> like, isn't that sad that we have to, like, people have to step forward to say that? <laughs> well, the Evil Dead, the new Evil Dead director was jumping on Twitter going, don't worry, Evil Dead Rise, have faith. <laughs> and I'm like, right, yeah. Ah, yeah, that horror movie's probably yeah, out the that's... window, too. Um, I don't even think talking about tonight's movie could really even really uh, elevate the episode because it's kind of a really... Really? I mean, yeah, I guess it is. Kind of, uh, this one's a little dark, a gritty, ultraviolet. So like, <laughs> ultraviolet is right. Yeah. Tonight's movie is Dread from 2012. Carl Urban is the law. He plays Dread, who's the judge, jury, and executioner in a lawless apocalypse or just America in 60 years. And David has some facts about this movie. I think he likes this version more than he likes the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dread that came out before. Oh, it. Yeah, you don't even have to question that. That's just straight. Yeah. That's that's not. A I fact, can just tell by reading your facts. I'm I'm at the point where I'm going to be like, don't share your sheets with me anymore because I get pissed off every time I read them. Just, just like, hide the hide. Well, like, okay, now you criticize me for like movies I don't like. Just I bring surprise me on the show because I I don't want to have to prepare a counterpoint or like. I'd rather not know. I should just go in blind, like Jordan, just safely. Just it's ignorant, fun. just like I love the ignorance. Deal with it as it comes. <laughs> it's it's pure bliss. I see, just like yeah, because sometimes he sends me his list, and I'm like, "What the hell, David?" <laughs> and it's always true. I can always tell when there's a movie mentioned you don't like. Like he mentions the other Judge Dredd movie that uh, Sly Stallone made, and he, all he says is, "It was a commercial failure." Or not we- that it has thousands of fans that have watched it, you know, for the last ten years or whatever. Or what we need to do is after Dave gives you the mm. the details or the facts, you yeah. should message me what you think his prediction is. Oh, that's good. And then I I'll like reveal that. the Dave prediction after yeah. Dave says how he yeah. feels. Because I'll know the answer. I'll just text you 911, Jordan. He hates yes. this movie. Yes. <laughs> like... And I'll know. And then we can reveal what your prediction was about Dave's rating after oh, Dave man. reads it. That's good. Oh man, is that like a going to be a, a, a con, or not a contest, but like a bet between you guys? You know, you know, have some skin in the game. <laughs> I think it's kind of it will be interesting. I'm on board. All right, take it away, right. Dave. With, <laughs> with the fans. So yeah, uh, Judge Dredd is actually a long-running comic book in the 2080 comics series, which I think is a British um, comic book series. Uh, Popular storylines that I did not get to find the storylines to <laughs> are the Robot Wars, the Day Law Died, and Judge Death. I'm told those are very popular. Okay, hold run runs. Hold your horse cart there, horse racer. All right, Robot Wars, the first major arc for Judge Dredd. Uh, right. The day the law died is he gets exiled outside of the safe walls of the city because he gets uh, framed for murder, which was kind of in the other movie. Um, Judge Dead is a dark judge from another dimension that considers all life crime. So basically, a bunch of undead judges go around and try to kill everyone. So, all right. You know how I found that, David? That was a Google search. What is this book about? Click. What is this one about? Click. Took all about 10 seconds, bro. Well, cool. You had those 10 (laughs) seconds that I apparently did not because I was stuck in a fucking dentist chair. Just remember, laughter is consent. <laughs> uh, 
As John wanted me to point out, this is the second film adaptation uh, of the comic, with 1995's Judge Dredd being the first with Sylvester Stallone. And yes, it was a critical and commercial failure. John John says there's a fan base. I believe him. I'm not. I've. I know a lot of people hate it. <laughs> I'm included. But that's not this Judge Dredd. Uh, this Judge Dredd. Go ahead. Producing Judge Dredd movies and having a comic book like 2000 AD leads to Watchmen, leads to uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. What it opens a lot of other doors to get these other movies made. Fair enough. Um, Star Carl Urban is probably more known for most known right now as the Butcher on the Boys. Uh, he was Aramur in Lord of the Rings, and, or was the Bones in the recent Star Trek movies. Um, he was such a big fan of the comics that he was insistent that he never remove his helmet on uh, screen, just like in the comics. So they paid for basically half his face, but that was he was insistent. He wanted to be true to the comic book. Hmm. Well, look at uh, Mandalorian. Did we not see his face for like the whole, well, most of the first season? Pretty much. But we saw all we saw was chin and, well... Mouth, chin and mouth, a little bit of bottom nose. Uh, <laughs> uh, multiple sources, actually, including Carl Urban, uh, state that uh, writer Alex Garland wa- uh, was the actual director of the movie. Um, if this is true, that would mean that it was his directorial debut ahead of Ex Machina. Um, it's never been solidly confirmed, but basically, a lot of stories have pointed that he was a real director. Uh, and fans of taken up campaigning for years to get a sequel to this movie made uh, is going as far as creating days of dread where they get fans to buy or rent the movie or watch it just to show that there's an interest. Uh, Carl Urban has stated multiple times he would do a sequel and he is interested. So I'd actually like to see that because although I guess I kind of played my cards there. So, you know, it's easy to guess what I'm going to think of the movie. You broke up there, Dave. What do you say? Oh, I just said my last comment about being um, I'd like to see a sequel, I guess, is playing my cards too heavily about where I fall in the movie. If you're going to guess what I what I thought of it or what I'm going to rate it. <laughs> All right. He's got a serious weird energy that. show tonight. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <so funny. laughs> oh, man. You know what? OK, so this dread Carl Urban is the better actor for Judge Dredd. However, Sly Stallone built a better world for Judge Dredd with his movie. Like, the comic books and all the stuff that Judge Dredd does is all built around the movie that you said was a failure. It's all, the world is there. But the second Judge Dredd, which clearly suffered from, like, budgetary issues, it's clearly an independent movie. The characterization and the quality of the actor, like, there's certain things Sly Stallone, so this is really hard for me to choose because I like Sly and I like Carl, but between the two, like I would vote Carl to do Judge Dredd. You know what I'm saying? But the other the other movie's very entertaining and included characters from the comic books, like the villains and the the idea about Judge's Dread brother, which you won't learn in in this new one. The one we watched tonight, folks, you won't know anything about the brother. And you won't know that the reason Dredd is such a badass is because he's basically like engineered to be such. Like the, the there's only one tiny hint, and it's a blink and you miss it in this movie when his psychic partner is digging through his mind a little bit, when they're doing the test, uh, I guess I got to explain what happens in this movie. So at the beginning of the movie, Judge Dredd is supposed to take on a new partner. She failed her exam, her written exam, but she's got to go out in the, her field test and they pick him to do it. But she has a special skill 
the cops are like, oh, we should maybe have her as a cadet because she has psychic powers. And so they have her read Judge Dredd through the glass mirror in the interrogation room. And she hints at something But besides his, she's talking about like his code of ethics. And then he has a layer of anger and something deeper than anger. And then the main judge, who I think is called like the Judge Supreme. Is that right? I forget the title. I don't know, of, like, they, I don't know if they mentioned it in the movie. They mentioned it in the first movie, but it was played by um, Max von Zydow. Is that who's in the other movie? I haven't Maybe. seen it in years. So, but essentially, and I think it's the comic book origin story. It's in the movie. I, I think they're aligned. Is that basically he's genetically engineered to be the best judge that ever existed. And he has an evil brother who's like a clone. Right? And that's all explored in the first movie. But they barely hint that there's something else going on with, with Dread in this movie, right? During that scene. Anyway, I think, I think people should... Uh, should watch both movies. Now I'm kind of dancing around our favorite bits, but before we get to our favorite bits, we're going to go to a couple messages. First one is about a new podcast. So the veteran uh, Star Trek podcasters, Brent Allen and Jeff Aiken. Jeff is the one who we featured a Star Trek podcast a few weeks ago. Jeff has a new podcast with his buddy Brent. They're going to be watching Babylon five for the first time. They're going to be looking for Star Trek-like messages in this series and deciding whether or not they should have watched it much sooner because they haven't seen Babylon 5 before. So we're going to go ahead and give our audience a little preview of their trailer, and they can tell us what they think about uh, Jeff's Babylon 5 podcast. Hey, Brent. Have you ever seen Babylon 5 before? Babylon 5? mean that show from the 90s? Yep. No. You want to watch it for the first time? Let's do it. Babylon 5 for the first time. Not a Star Trek podcast. We are two veteran Star Trek podcasters watching Babylon 5 for the first time. We're searching for Star Trek-like messages in the series and deciding if we should have watched it sooner. You can find us on Good Pods, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Babylon 5, for the first time, not a Star Trek podcast. What do you think, Dave? You can tune in. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll I'll pick up <laughs> along with them and watch Babylon Five as well, which I have also never seen. Yeah, I didn't expect you to say you were going to tune in because I know that you're not a you're not really a Trek fan. No, so. but my, but my wife has slowly like introduced me to stuff. Like she's more of the tr- well, no, not more of she is. <laughs> you can finish your story, then I'll tell people what gold belly. Why is. I'm showing a picture of. Crab cakes that look delicious. Um, uh, yeah, no, my wife is a Trekkie, so I'm slowly getting more into Star Trek. That's all. The other thing I want to tell you about, folks, is from our uh, affiliate partner over there, Gold Belly. You can order food on demand, and they're bringing you Jerry Seafood, which ships from their legendary their crab bombs. They ship nationwide on Gold Belly. The crab bomb is a 10-ounce, fresh, hand-picked, all-jumbo-lump crab meat, perfectly seasoned with Old Bay, held together with a touch of mayo. Absolutely no filler. It's the firecracker version. is seasoned with black pepper, dry mustard for a sensational bite. For limited time only, they're doing a BOGO. Buy two, get two free. Buy four, get four free. It's their famous crab bomb. Dave, the last time we ran Gold Belly, did you buy anything? The years oh, ago man. when we were doing like pizza on demand. Jordan, do you know about this company? <laughs> like they do like do on demand not. food subs. No, yeah. but looks so you good. Get- yeah, you can get these these awesome crab cakes, which are called crab bombs. They look really good and really intense. 
I haven't ordered these, but I ordered their Detroit style pizza from a place in Detroit. It's really funny. They just ship people's food across the country. Huh. Yeah. I think there was a as unavailable in my area at the time, but I hot damn look so good though. I want to try those. Yeah, there's probably a disclaimer somewhere on their website, but <laughs> anyway, back to the show. Favorite bits. The bits. The bits. Um okay. It's my turn. Um I had a lot Hold of on, can I interrupt you? Do you know why yeah. it feels so weird tonight? We didn't play the theme song or I didn't. I failed to play the theme song. Oh, it threw it everything off. It fucked everything over. Except it for the fucked the aura. Part. Yeah. I could play it now and interrupt the bits, but fuck it. Could have been the NyQuil that I took like 20 minutes before the show, but um <laughs> could have been the painkillers I took before the show. Yes. <laughs> it's just been Actually, a- if I fuck up on the theme song, I, the audio version, I can add it in. I have a little tool to click it on the beginning of the track, the MP3 track. But the video version, I was reading that YouTube I was reading something about like, oh, YouTubers don't even give a shit if your show has an intro cuz the video is autoplay on YouTube anyway, so it's like you're joining somebody's conversation anyway. Hmm. I don't know. It's a little podcast host cocktail tonight with all of us. Yeah, sorry, side um, story. Back to favorite bits. Sorry to interrupt, Jordan. I loved a lot. The gore was like one of them. Um, if you are looking for a gory movie, this is it. It goes into detail with some of the fight scenes and people getting blasted in the cheek with bullets and stuff. Um, it did kind of remind me a little bit, like the way it was filmed, of um, what was the one with Kira Knightley uh, where she's a bounty hunter? Oh, oh Domino. 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 The way it was like filmed with like all the drug scenes when they do the slow mo, mm. which is like the manufactured drug of Mama's, you know, gang. Um, so it kind of gave me a little bit of that vibe. But I did like the dream scene where Anderson, who's uh, Dred's, um, you know, rookie officer, I guess you want to call him, uh, she goes into the mind of like Mama's minion and i love that like he kind of figures out since it's his mind he can take control and they kind of go back on and forth of like who has control over the dream um since she has psychic abilities she can do that but i also love lena headley in anything like she is the Mm -hmm. best female villain possible we all know her as cersei lannister in game of thrones um she's just the woman that you love to hate but hate to love and so i thought she did a good job as as Mama, the drug lord for this block. Those are some of my bits. Yeah, it's kind of an accident. Judge Dredd is chasing some perps that are high, and then he ends up going to the drug distribution center, which is inside of a apartment complex called Peachtree. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. because it's the future, the apartments have these like lockdown security features, so Mama hacks into the system with her little hacker, and then, because she's got like a whole crew, right? As you yeah. said. Well, like, the entire gang. apartment building and has then they, her gang in it. Yes. Yeah, so they, they lock down the whole apartment, and then, like, Judge Dredd and his partner are, like, stuck there. Um, but Jordan's right. Like, uh, Lena Headley makes a part. Like, oh, without yeah. Carl Urban and her playing off each other, wouldn't be the same. So it's she definitely bring, brings it, you know? She does. What about you, Dave? Your favorite bits? Um. Oh, man, there's a lot I like about this movie. I forgot. I hadn't watched it in a few years, and it's... Uh, after this watch is, you know, slowly becoming a favorite movie, um, actually. Because uh, I just like the style. Like, I know, like John said, that this is low budget. And technically true, it, it did have about half the budget of the, the first movie. Uh, but that's why I think it was so smart that because they didn't have that budget, they told kind of a contained movie. Like, they didn't go 
like have 20 sets or whatever. It was just mm-hmm. that basically that apartment complex for the most part. Um, so they, they, so they manage their budget really well. And I think um, that's kind of what I like about the story. It's not a big sprawling story. It's just, uh, it's very simple. You can follow it along, you know, um, but they, they also take chances like with the, the slow-mo drug where, um, you know, people, you know, puff it through an inhaler and then they just, it slows down to like what one second per one percent of time of real one percent of time yeah exactly um and i just thought those scenes were really like just beautiful they were like almost art artful on their own Mm -hmm. in in this weird crazy drugged out (laughs) violent movie um even in some of those scenes like somebody's getting their uh face shot off and you'd like see their cheek just go everywhere go flying i mean it's just it has violence that is very beautifully done in a weird way um so yeah I don't know, John. Your your favorite bits? Um, I like the way Mama goes out. I like how yeah. he how he passes final judgment on Mama. Full circle. Uh, uh, spoiler alert: Basically, she ODs or is forced to OD, and then, as Dave said, it's kind of beautiful. It's like beautiful chaos at the end of the movie. Um, although rewatching it now, like so many years later from having watched it. And thinking about like all that's going on in the real world, I was just thinking like it's hard to endorse some of the shit in the movie, you know, like because in the wrong hands, this movie could be—I don't know—I I won't go there, but it's you can take the wrong message from this movie if you're looking at it the wrong way. Is all I'll say. Well, the and the guy that um, Jordan described as like her minion, like her lieutenant guy, who uh, the psychic like has the head game with and stuff like that, and that's a cool subplot. I thought he was going to turn sides. And become their ally because they drag him through the whole movie. But there's actually like an intense confrontation between him and Dread, and like out of context, you know what I mean? Like you could make an argument about like, oh, what is this movie doing? Right. You know. Um. Anyway. You know, it just but, dawned on me. This almost has the same ending as the first RoboCop. <laughs> like, just all yeah. right, take out the bad guy. Credits. Well, I like this idea. I think it's a Roger Corman idea. He may have said it, or maybe I may be misquoting the wrong producer, but maybe it was, was it Val Luton? Man, somebody in like during the 50s and 60s monster craze said when the the perfect time to end the movie is right after the monster's dead. It's like, or as soon as the heroes kill the monster, the movie should be over. I'm yeah, like, that oh, that's Corman. a really good editing rule. Like, like these movies, like you mentioned Lord of the Rings that, you know, Carl Oban was in Lord of the Rings. It's like, but that movie goes on an hour after they, you know, they've, they've had victory. Right. You know you know what I mean? So, so like, it's a good rule. It's a good hard and fast rule. You kill the bad guy, it's over with. I do like the, they bring in the corrupt judges and he has to take them out. So yeah. their yeah. accessories are really cool. Not that I want to, I'm not promoting violence. I'm just saying like, if you have a gun and it only works for you, but it has like all these different settings and can use these crazy like it's like a smart gun right um yeah. do i agree with dread's methods uh, he's, no he's, but it, again it's like if you point the lens at society it's just like well this is kind of how cops are so if you're telling a story about a cop you kind of have to like have some kind of basis and fundamentals you know and then the scary thing is is like the other idea yeah. like should that one person be like the deciding factor cuz he at one point he's like like she disagrees with him at some point, right? Yeah. The rookie's like, "Do we really gotta, really gotta do that?" And he's just like, "I'm." He basically just says, "I'm tired and fuck it." 
<laughs> you, know what, you know what I mean? Like he's like we. They, he's like we just got shot to. He's like, I'm full of bullets. So let's just let's just let's just do it the dread way. You know. Right. I mean, I will give him this. Unlike you know other cops in movies, I mean he he has to be a hundred percent because what is it at some point like? Well, I think he. I'm ninety nine percent percent sure he's guilty. That's not good enough. I'll give him credit for that. He needs to be absolutely sure you're guilty before he's going to take judgment. So, you know, he's better than some movie cops in that regard, I guess. When I watched it the first time, I was concerned for him, though, when he gets shot. Yeah. I thought, like, oh, wow, they actually made the decision to kill off the main character. That's a bold move. There won't be a Dread 3. You know what I mean? I was like, this is it. Well, and that was a pretty cool scene, too. It was, like, him having to, you know, dress his field wound with the, you know, very futuristic... Yeah. Well, that's like the King kit. Kong moment. That's like the moment where, like, oh, accept this guy for who he is. This is what makes him Judge Dredd. Like, this is the moment right here where he's like, I have my own set of rules. I don't give up easily. This is my, like, ideology. This is, like, everything to me. And, like, yeah. I mean, that's, like, hard shit right there. And, the, you know, we're just mo- we're just watching movies. But then you go, you wonder, like, could I feel dressed? couple bullet holes and staple myself back together so i could clock out at the end of the day and go home <laughs> you know i don't know what <laughs> it's a good question the, not gonna the, only, the test but although the only thing i wondered about that and, and i can do like movie logic like somebody it was taken care of but i'm like okay you got the front hole but what about the what back, the back hole? hole didn't it go fully through you you still have another Into wound the back there dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. See that if it was a comedy, the other partner who you haven't seen this whole time, there's a third partner. That's when he would chime in and be like, uh, dread, shouldn't we staple your back together as well? Shut up, Steve. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Judge Steve, he's just there for the he's like a ride along. Which funny you said ride along and this movie felt a lot like uh, a weird version of like Judge Dredd, you know, colon training day. Training but, day, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why I said the King Kong line. I was like, Yeah, that's oh, what, yeah. this is this is basically training day. With a futuristic gun, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean, and a helmet. All right, uh, it's time ratings. for ratings. Ratings, okay. I w- it was a bunch now for me. I liked it. I've been mm. really into some sci-fi lately, and this did it for me. So, what about you, Dave? Uh, definitely binge now for me. Like I said, um, I I'd, I'd seen this before, and um, when John mentioned, I was like, oh yay, because I remember liking this movie, and I liked it so much better this time. It, it gets better each time you watch it. Uh, John? It was a binge now, it became a binge later. All right. But I guess overall binge now, but on the numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to, yeah, obviously, two to one, right? Yeah. Um, Jordan mentioned a staff pick that she's gearing up for. Yeah. She hasn't watched it yet, but she's getting ready for it. I did watch a little bit of the new season of Westworld, too. Like I said, I've been into sci-fi oh. lately, so... Oh, it's, it's, I'm like two episodes behind, but, uh, what do you think? How, how do you feel about the season so far? I feel like since season three, I just have no clue what's going on. I'm like, eh, okay. I don't, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fun. I've been hearing about a mass exodus of like fans just being like, yeah, I'm done. The first you season know. was just the best. Se- second season I liked, but I'm like now third and fourth. I'm like, I don't really know what's going on, but yeah. I mean, I'm still kind of invested, but but I agree with you. It is there are parts that are hard to follow. Like, wait, what's this now? Or 
what's this about? Right. Or, yeah. And it's like the concept I understand, but a lot of like the actual dialogue that's going on between the characters and like where the story's going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I guess I have more fun learning about how they filmed it than I do like actually watching the episode. So. So you just yeah. watch the five minute behind the scenes. After yeah. The show. <laughs> yep. I'm here for the BTS. So BTS. There you go. Yep. What about you, Dave? Oh man. Uh, well, since the very quick turnaround of the last recording, um, I will say I finally got to, um, Woo-hoo, David, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually gotten uh, to watch a few classics lately. Um, Ooh. so I guess the one I'll mention because, uh, I did not mention on the last episode, the, the, thing that took me away for like an episode of voicemails uh was i was doing a play uh shakespeare uh 12th night but anyways um not that anybody cares about that but it did lead me to watch a movie i'd put off for years um and i've been told for years it is the japanese version of king lear which is another shakespeare play and i finally oh boy this is a good one this is a good one i finally sat down and watched uh akira kurosawa's ron so if you know the basic plot of King Lear, which I'll be honest with you, uh, I've never read or seen another version. So this is like my only version of King Lear I've ever seen, but I love it. Um, so basically a uh, father, uh, king, you know, the head of three kingdoms is, you know, getting into his older years. He wants to pass on his kingdoms to his children fairly um, based on age. Uh, one son, the youngest son. Uh, like he's like, no, I'm not having it. You're giving all this power to the oldest son. He's an idiot. He's going to screw things up. The father takes offense, banishes that son. And then it just, uh, without giving away the whole plot, because that's not, I don't want to do that to you. But I mean, this movie had me go through a range of emotions. Like depending on what side of the fence you're looking at King Lear in the movie, it's Heidi Toro, I think. Uh, I may be butchering that. I'm sorry. Uh, but the, the guy that the stand-in for King Lear, like depending on what side of the fence you're looking at, he's either the worst kind of asshole that got that has what's coming to him. Cause he's taken over kingdoms, ruined families, and then married off the daughters to his, to his sons. Or you take great empathy for this guy. Like, cause his children are betraying him. He's going through all, like this movie is tragic. Well, doesn't he also find team. all his sons inadequate to be a leader? Um, two of them. The one, see that's okay. So spoiler alert, but the, the youngest son who he had banished turns out he was right like ever since he gave power to his oldest son the oldest son kept screwing him over in different ways like getting him to sign over stuff ban it you know essentially banishing him from his kingdom and the other brothers following suit and they have their power struggle so but it just so turns out in the beginning of the movie the son you thought was the bad guy and was banished he was right all along and that's a great tragedy of this is like you know, like he he holds this weight of like, I treated you so wrong. And yet you were right the whole time. I should have listened to you. I should have heard you out, you know. Um, but it's being told with a bunch of samurai. But it, and, and there's great battles. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm going into the drama. He's missing, like He's missing out the, the best parts. <laughs> like, but but I mean, but my point, yes, it has great battles, too. But I mean, it's like what's so interesting is, is it fuses like this great human drama. Like I got wrapped up in the emotion and the, the tragedy of it all. And on top of it, you get to see some really kick ass battles of uh, samurais yeah. and horses taking each other out. Uh, so if you've never seen this like classic, classic movie that I just barely got to check out Akira Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa's Ron. Or R-A-N if you have to type it in. <laughs> Speaking of classic movies, we have one next week. And it's probably the most crime-related of our... I mean, this month is supposed to be crime movies. It's called The Heat Wave. So, eh. Yeah. I it's mean, pretty Prey hot. doesn't really count, sense. but... 
Um, we're going to watch this movie called Wait Until Dark, which has a blind woman conned by a group of thieves who break into her house. And then she literally tries to survive the night while they're moving in and out of her rooms in her house. trying to. I don't know why they're stealing from her or what they're trying to steal, but um, it, it kind of actually could also feel a, like a bad romance movie because technically she encountered the main guy earlier in her after. I, I, okay. Um, yeah, I don't have, maybe, maybe we'll right get now. into that next week. Cause I've been, I, I'm, yeah, let's crack it open next week. I'm about to spoil next week's movie. Let's Wait. not do that. Yeah. I'll just stop right there. I'm excited for it. Me so too. we'll see. Um, I learned something new. You learn something new every day or like, uh, in the nineties, NBC used to have this banner with a star. That's like the more, you know, um, I tonight remember. we learned. Do you know that one, Jordan? I Have do. you seen the rainbow? Yeah. <laughs> when Jordan told her bathroom joke on Twitter, I, I stuck that rainbow up. You guys, if you want to know what I'm <laughs> talking about. The more you know. Go, yeah, the more you know. Go back like two episodes because we included the bathroom story in one of our opening uh, things. Um, but other than that, tune in next week for this other movie. But tonight we learned, tonight's lesson is laughter is consent. I'm going to have to include it in the episode title now. I'll force to do so because it's just too good. There you go. Yeah. If I call this episode, laughter, like Judge Dredd says, laughter is consent or laughter is consent, according to Judge Dredd, people are going to have a field day, David. I'm not, I'm not touching that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not filling the binge watchers Twitter feed or whatever after that one. No, Jordan's cat handles all the tough questions. Yes. Yeah. If if it's PR related, send it to Frankie at BWpodcast.com. Actually, I should go set up our HR account for Frank. Yes. (laughs) Like, that'd be great. He'll get back. I know your complaints to that. Yeah. He'll get back to you within 24 to 48, 48 hours. Nice. Good policy. Mm-hmm.